If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. And so now that someone's actually asking me, like, what makes you this? It's like, okay, it, it happened. That's like one of your biggest fears of just somebody thinking you're not enough of something. And then you now recognizing, do you really care that much about what somebody else thinks about your experience? Or do you have the confidence and the curiosity to just expand your experience? What's up, beautiful people? Thanks for joining me for another Solo Stace episode of Human to Human. Really excited to jump into this topic. This topic is going to be about being binational and the binational experience. For those who don't know, I am Nigerian American. I was raised in America, born in America, but raised by Nigerian parents. And I am Nigerian by blood, obviously, but also by culture. But a lot of the struggle was that I didn't feel like I was Nigerian by experience. And so I can't wait to get into that. Um, for anybody who is binational, who has had, who was raised in America, born in America, and was raised by immigrant parents, this episode is for you. I'm giving you a big hug as that is a really dynamic experience. I believe it can be complex depending on who you are and what your experiences were like. Um, and just very nuanced. And I finally have gotten to the place that I have seen it as such and addressed it as such and been accepting and excited about all parts of that versus trying to hide one over the other or trying to speak highly about one version versus the other version or even dumb down another version just because I didn't have the, like I said earlier, experience and being open to learn without being freaked out that that makes you less than. That was a big struggle for me, at least in the past three years when I started really reckoning with that experience, that truth about myself. I've always identified as Nigerian American, but I think for a long time it was easier to identify as American based on that was most of my upbringing, my experience. But at the same time, let me say my experience, not upbringing, because my upbringing was, I was raised by Nigerian parents. So they don't like come to other countries and be like, we're not gonna raise you as Nigerian. Nope, you are. It doesn't matter where we're raising you. But um, in my experience, obviously I was raised in America. So like I'm going to American schools and American colleges and I'm in the American capitalist world. So it was just very, or excuse me, capitalist society, not world. So I think that definitely shaped a lot of my, like my view on myself and how much I was allowed to speak to one culture or another. But it also spoke to a lot of my fear and shame of not feeling Nigerian enough or American enough not, or black enough. That was a crazy thing to start recognizing. I was dating this guy a couple of years ago and uh, he's Nigerian, he was Nigerian as well. And he was, one time we were arguing cause we were fighting, we were about to watch a movie and he was like, and he wanted to watch this Nigerian movie. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm not really in the mood to watch that. And he was like, wait, you don't watch Nigerian movies? I'm like, no, I just don't really want to watch that. And he was like, so you don't really watch Nigerian movies and you don't really listen to Nigerian music. So what really makes you Nigerian? And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> I was really hurt, y'all, I was really hurt. So although I didn't appreciate the question, I still give him a lot of, I give him credit for sparking that because that is a trigger, right? That I was really afraid of. Even before then, I was already like kind of in my discovery of what that meant because I really wanted to be more in the Nigerian community and be more in the Nigerian culture. But I really, I felt like, am I allowed to do so? For so long, I, you know, I have this certain accent. I talk, you know, I sound American, obviously. My parents weren't necessarily pu pushing Nigerian traditions on us all the time. They were just pushing the culture, right? So some of the mor morals and the 
um, the religion and the upbringing and the way of thinking in some cases. And I'll say the religion in terms of like what a lot of Nigerians believe in America, because I also think that in Nigeria, Christianity is big, but there are also bigger religions and spiritualities. So my parents weren't super big on pushing Nigerian traditions. They just were culturally Nigerian and they were raised Nigerian. So a lot of the culture and a lot of the morale came, but not necessarily the traditions. They didn't necessarily introduce me to their favorite Nigerian artists, especially they were Christians. So they didn't like infuse some of their beliefs into the spiritual beliefs and the ancestors of African and Nigerian culture specifically. So experiencing that while being in America was a dynamic that I, I really didn't know how to accept or understand for a long time. And so I felt like I had to choose in some cases, like I knew how to be Nigerian at the house and I knew how to like celebrate Ni being Nigerian outside, but I didn't know how to own that that is a big part of my experience and who I am, as well as being American was a big part of who I am too. So that was very, very interesting um, being confronted with that. So that's why I give him credit because I'm like, he still confronted me with something that I needed to learn and accept and discover within myself. So I appreciated that, but still really hard question. I was like, what the hell does this mean? What are you talking about? So uh, before then, I think about even when I like growing up, you know, you're tr when you're growing up, you're trying to fit in. You're trying to be cool. You're trying to be calm, cool, collected, and not pick no fights with people. Um, I went to a black school, so being Nigerian was cool, but not cool enough, right? It was definitely, I was around for the African booty scratcher jokes. I was around for your parents must have came here on a tree, well, excuse me, on an elephant or a this or naming random animals that I still honestly it doesn't come to mind because I, I don't even think like that so I can't actually like pull anything out of my ass right now but um yeah just really hurtful comments that happened at that time and that also was like okay it kind of felt like okay pick a side because you you can combat them but also you're trying to like be loved by them at the same time so it's like how do you do this so that was nuts. And then you take it back to your parents and they're like, you know, be bold, be fearless. Like, don't let anybody tell you what to do. And you're like, what does that mean for tomorrow? I'm in seventh grade. Like, what do I do with that tomorrow? So it was just like, and then you're also trying to protect your parents, right? Because it's not their experiences. They have their own experiences here as adults with accents who are in a new country raising children. That was so, and now I have such an appreciation for that. Cause I'm like, what is that like? Right. But while it's happening, you, you're having your own experiences as a kid and they're having theirs as an adult and you you can't really relate to each other because you both didn't have the same experiences. I'm not an adult yet as a kid and they weren't a kid in this country. So it is like you're trying to talk to each other, but really you're also trying to protect each other. So they're not really telling you what's going on with them at work and you're not really telling them what's going on with you at school. And it's like, okay, what are we doing? <laughs> so that was a lot of it. That was a lot of the experiences. And as I'm getting older, even now, a lot of my girlfriends are black women, you know, and I went through this phase of like, wait, why don't I have a lot of Nigerian friends? I do have my Nigerian friends, but I felt like they weren't integrated in my, my other group of friends. And I was like, wait, what's going on with that? So as soon as I recognize that, I'm like, wait, integrate, integrate, integrate. And I'm very big on that. Any friend of mine will tell you that, that I'm like, if you're friends with me, I want you to be friends with the people I'm friends with. And I just wanted them all to integrate because that was another thing. I'm like, I don't want these lives to feel separate. But at the same time, I still felt like I didn't know how to speak to to both of those lives at the same time. I felt like I, I did feel like there were moments I'm like, okay, you have to kind of choose in this circle. Okay, in this circle, you can be this person instead of just being both or being all. And so, yeah, I, I think about how I want to tell you guys about another story. I think about how one time I was hosting an event. It was for BET. And I had a manager who was a black woman at that time. 
and the person I was working with was a Nigerian woman. And so when I went on stage, or excuse me, she announced me to go on stage and she was like, it's Stacey Ike coming up. And so my manager was like, hey, her name is Stacey Ike. And she was like, no, it's Ike. And I'm hearing it and I'm trying not to like get in the conversation because it's like about to take me off my game. And she's like, no, her, la her last name is Ike. And she's like, I'm her manager. Her last name is Ike. And, she was, and then she says, oh, no, Ike would be if she was colonized by the white people. So, of course, I got to turn around now because I'm like, oh, what is going on? So she's like, bro, that's a colonized name. You know, your last name is Ike. And inside, first of all, I was boiling. I was boiling because I was like, this is, this is just so inappropriate. But at the same time, I was like, what's happening? Because she, as a Nigerian woman, feels that she has the right, based on the fact that we have some kind of cultural connection, to be able to say that. Because culturally, it is Ike, right? And, but at the same time, my dad goes by Ike. I didn't like make up my last name. If it was Ike, I would have went by Ike. It's it, the last name I was introduced to when I got to this planet was Ike. And so that's what I've been running with. And so I was in this huge complex after that. I was so annoyed and still trying to do this job right. And then still trying to explain to my black American manager why that was happening. And then trying to like experience it within myself. And so I remember calling my dad and being like, hey dad, so this happened. What do you think about it? Like, am, are we tripping? Am, am I not Ike? And he was like, what? <laughs> He was just like, I don't, what? Tomato, tomato, like it's the same thing. Like I've been going by Ike my whole life. And that's why like, he's been going by Ike. And so I know his dad goes, his, my grandfather goes by Ike, but he was like, I went by Ike. I came here, I went by Ike and that's what it is. And he was like, this is who you are. Like, it means the same thing. If they want to say it a different way, but they should respect how you want to pronounce your own last name. So he like had all this confidence. And later I realized his confidence came from the fact that he truly experientially and culturally was Nigerian. So for him, it's like, it really doesn't matter what you guys are saying because he had a lot of backing. For me, I didn't latch on to his confidence as much. It was helpful in the moment. It was a nice ego stroke, but it didn't give me the, comp like it wasn't sustainable. I still went back to him at least two or three times within two or three years of the same question. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Because it happened multiple, like people, it happened again and again. It happened a couple more times after that. And I was like, wait, what's going on? I recognized that my delay in being confident in that was that I didn't fully feel like I had the experience. I didn't fully feel like I knew how to relate to the full Nigerian experience. And I was like, dang, maybe I am like, trying to assimilate still and I'm like wait but is that my truth or am I just ex saying that's my truth because somebody you know tried to or said something that triggered me so I continued to follow that trigger and like even what I was growing up eating we were raised eating Nigerian food but we also made a lot of American food so much so that I learned how to make more American food than I did make Nigerian food that was another thing that gave me a complex later in life I'm like wait I don't know how to cook as much as like other Nigerian women or I don't know how to cook as much Nigerian people as a whole or you know if I get around certain aunts and uncles like they're gonna think I'm like quote-unquote not good enough and so really working through that like I first of all one one element of working through that is like okay cool I'll just learn to cook this stuff and be done with it but one of the other elements is me not knowing how to cook something is not a lack of who I am like I had to experience both of those truths and allow, truly allow both of them to sit in. Like you can just learn it and be done with it. But also you can, if you don't learn it, you're not less than for not knowing certain things. This would make you feel happier and joyful and more connected, but you're not lacking. And that was an interest, like, mm, yeah, still, still on 
still on like the uncovering of that beauty because I will say again, going to Nigeria this past December and, and being there again as this version of myself was exactly what I needed to say, okay, like you are exactly who you are. You are Nigerian, you are American, you are both, you are all, and really believe that. So much of my upbringing translated completely and then there were other things that didn't translate, but they weren't they weren't in any lack. It wasn't, oh, you don't know something. Everything you don't know, you can learn. And it was just one of those moments of like, wow, I, I get to be whole here and I get to be whole somewhere else. And it's it was just a beautiful embrace of both cultures. So anyway, another example or experience that I had that was a bit hard to deal with that I've had to learn and grow through was like experiencing my grandparents, right? So like, obviously they know they have American grandchildren, but at the same time, they're grown and old. So they're not about to figure out, they're not really trying to figure out what it's like to be you. You need to figure out what it's like to get to know them. That's the, that's what it is. And so one time, and, and my grandmother on my dad's side, she lives in America. And so I've really, I remember in the beginning of her moving here, I was like, God, I really want to get to know her so much, but I don't feel like I know how to relate. Like, I know how to speak broken English. I know how to understand Igbo. I still understand my language. I don't know how to speak it right now yet, but I will. Um, but I know how to understand this. So I was like, okay, I have that, but will she be able to relate to me? Or will I be able to relate to her? I don't know. I also know that I talk, I have a very, I talk very fast and I know that. And I can be very, like, you have to kind of, yeah, I just, I have a very, I think I have a specific dialect in some cases, not everywhere, but some, some people have said that. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'll take that in, whatever. So one time I was like, okay, let's go hang out with grandma. So me and my cousin took her to get a massage and took her to get her nails done. And this was actually last year. And I picked her up. And so I'm in the car and I'm chatting and I'm like chatting away and I'm talking and whatever. And she's like, Stacey, I don't understand what you're saying. You're talking really fast. And I was like, oh God. So I had a moment of like, okay, okay. This is not about you and her not being able to relate. This is just about you making sure that when you're in her presence, you know how to talk to your grandmother versus like, you're not talking to one of your friends right now, right? So immediately my mind was like, damn, like this is what I meant by could we really relate? Would she, would she, would I be able to really deeply connect to her? Because I really wanted to get to know my, both of my grandmothers are alive right now. Unfortunately, my grandparents have passed, my grandfathers have passed. But I was like, man, like I would, I want to deeply get to know my grandmothers and I have the opportunity to. So that was such an interesting moment of like, okay, address this differently. Also, it was a big moment of you need to learn Debo, like period. You need to learn because like I want to connect. I want to connect deeper and I don't really want her to have to listen to me in English, like to be honest. So working through that and working on that. Um, but that was one of those experiences of like, okay, you need to remember that two things can be true at the same time. You could also, you can, you could not know exactly how to relate and still figure out how to connect that can, those can both be true. And I think a lot of it is this need to be understood, this need to be heard and seen and loved, just any, any human wants that, right? So I think when you're balancing a binational experience and you're really trying to like honor both sides of yourself, you are looking for people to understand, hey, there are things I was not, I, I was not raised on or I did not understand. And there's also things that I did understand that you might not understand. And, and these were deeply a part of how I was raised or what I value. And it's taught me, I'm not overly righteous about how people experience a binational person because I don't, I don't expect somebody who's not in that, that experience to really understand that. I expect myself to accept it fully and to know how to share it. 
Now, as I'm sharing my story, one thing I don't like about people experiencing somebody with a financial experience is making assumptions about what their experience was. I'm speaking about my personal Nigerian American experience. This hopefully will lend some more insight to other people maybe in your life that have a financial experience, but it's not, it shouldn't leave room for you to assume what their experiences are like, right? Because there's still so much more nuance. Everybody's living their own story. Everybody's in their own book. And there are chapters that they might not have experienced and there's chapters that they might have experienced that are relating. And it's better to be more curious about people than to assume or to make assumptions at all. And so I will say there are moments that people will make assumptions of what my experience must have been like. And I'm like, no, that actually wasn't it. So I rather people are curious and ask more questions. And that's what I'm doing within myself, being curious about the things that make me afraid about my experience or make me feel nervous or not enough. And then being more open and excited about the things that allow me to call in wholeness and call in this privilege, really. It's such a privilege to be able to experience two different worlds in the same lifetime, to be able to merge those worlds, to be able to visit two different worlds, live in two different worlds, and to understand. Because it's given me such a vast understanding of people, such a bigger understanding of of oh god just yeah people with multiple dynamics and people with com more complex stories and i love that i love that and it took me a long time to own that as a as insight as well as a skill as well as a privilege because i think again for so long you're really trying to fit in you're trying to understand yourself and you want to be understood so badly but the beginning of that really was accepting and loving all parts of myself and I share a lot of this with my parents and we've we've had some great conversations because they're like yeah there's things that you experienced that I just did not experience like I can't imagine being my dad has said this multiple times he can't imagine being a kid in America at the time that I was a kid he was like it's a lot going on y'all got there's a lot going on in this country and I'm thinking wait but what about what you experienced right and my mom you know she'll she's definitely said that too and that's another thing, like learning when we were back in Nigeria, getting to see them in their element in that way, seeing them with their siblings, seeing their how expectations were put on them. By the way, I am the oldest. I think I've said this already. I'm sure I've said this already, but I want to reiterate it. I'm the oldest in, uh, in my family. And so, and my dad is the second oldest and my mom is a twin and she is, her, her and her twin are the oldest. So I think about the upbringing I had and how what what they induced in me what they what morals and what uh, moral compass they wanted me to have and what type of responsibility they wanted me to have and have an understanding of and then seeing them in their element i'm like got it yeah i get it okay seeing them with um seeing my mom with her mom and seeing my mom with her siblings and seeing my dad with his siblings like it's just it was like wow this is incredible this is so amazing and there's such a big part of who they are that is in a whole other country and I was like, wait, if I want to honor myself, like I have to fully embrace like their experience. And I've always loved embracing my parents. I just didn't know how to embrace it within myself because I didn't fully understand it. I thought it was, I, it was, I really left and hang my, hung my hat on not being enough of either culture. And that has been, that was hard because there were times that, you know, I'd be talking to one of my friends who's a black American and they would say something about something that happens in the black American community. And it's like, as much as I identified the black American community, at the same time, there were things I just did not experience, right? Like there are certain movies that just did not get to watch as a kid that just did not happen. I'm not gonna bring them up right now. Cause I actually, <laughs> at this point I've like gone through all my 
my, mm, I wouldn't say all, but I've gone through a lot of my black movies so I could be like, okay, let me catch up and know what it is. But growing up, like, I didn't watch Life growing up, y'all. Moving on. Yeah, and like, I had to go to other people's friends' house to watch any Ice Cube movie. That didn't happen in my house. So we didn't even have cable, y'all. I had to go to my cousin's house to watch cable. So that was particular to my house and particular to the way my parents were like, no, nah, you're not watching this stuff. You're not doing this. Um, and I see how that lended to, oh my God, am I not a part of this culture because I didn't have these experiences. And at the same time, when I was with Nigerian friends, Nigerian American friends, there was a, a lot more of a similarity there. But when I was around my Nigerian friends who were raised in Nigeria and came here later in life, that was also a moment of- If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Like, wait, I don't know exactly how to speak to your language either. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, but I honor you and I want to know more about you. And all of this started sparking instead of, instead of this self-judgment or this like, again, never enoughness. It was like, wait, where does curiosity get to be here? Where, where does you're allowed to discover get to be here? But again, when I was, I was, it's, it's moments that like that ex-boyfriend I said, called out, what makes you this? that I was always afraid of. And so now that someone's actually asked me like, what makes you this? It's like, okay, it, it happened. That's like one of your biggest fears of just somebody thinking you're not enough of something. And then you now recognizing, do you really care that much about what somebody else thinks about your experience? Or do you have the confidence and the curiosity to just expand your experience? So I'm grateful to be in that space and I'm continuing to follow that journey. I. Oh man, I can't tell you how much I enjoy like just being in my homeland and my parents' homeland and taking all of that in and I look forward to going back. It's going to be brilliant and to making that a regular thing and to continue to learn and grow and to learn a new language because again, I can understand Igbo but not being able to speak it has annoyed me for long enough so I'm like, okay, I got to I got to do that. Um and yeah, just to to be a human that has that can be all to be a human that can be all that is what i'm sitting in right now and really grateful for because this took a while so for anybody who has a binational experience who has parents again who are immigrants and who you were raised in america and you you've been in the intersection of that complexity and that complexity of yourself and of the world i just want you to know that you are loved and your experience matters every part of it every part of the time that you had to like you didn't want your friends, your parents to answer the phone because their accent was super strong or you didn't want your teachers to know that you came from, um, you know, what kind of home you came from or you didn't like how your food smelled at lunch. All of that happened and all of that is understood and all of that I share in sharing that with you and just want to also share in the love, share in the fact that like we are all and you are all and we can be all. So lots of love thanks so much for listening appreciate you guys as always and can't wait for you to be here for the next episode of talk soon if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe rate leave a review and while you're at it share this with someone you love or just someone you like as long as you share it stay connected between episodes and follow us on instagram at human to human with stacy ike you can also check me out at one take stace I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and remember, curiosity is the pathway to consciousness, so let's take the next step together. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. 
or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.